podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, welcome to the Anfield Wrap. Today's Anfield Wrap is brought to you in partnership with our partners, Redsbet. Redsbet's offering to those of you who gamble is that half of your profits, your losses are put back into the community projects. If you don't gamble, this won't be for you. But if you do, think about using Redsbet. Find them at redsbet.com and be gamble aware, begambleaware.org. And for the first time, the Anfield Rap Monday show is hosted by me, Rob Gutman, because every other bugger is on holiday, Neil in particular, in Portugal. Keys to the kingdom, boys, so we can say and do what we want. I've got to discuss all things LFC with me, Joel Richards, Ben Johnson, Ian Ryan and Andy Heaton. We're going to sort of do it in a magazine format, if you will. Let's go across the news that's breaking in the Reds world. Actually, it's a big story breaking today, Joel. And this, this story, I have to preface this by saying, was broken exclusively, I, I emphasise the word exclusively, by um, our subscription service, Tour Players, The Gutter Show, two weeks ago. That Liverpool who hosts that Gutter Show on? This guy, this guy, <laughs> some kid just out of college. You know, it's me, Ben, it's me, <laughs> it's me who broke the story. And you can get extra me behind the paywall. Actually, it's called The Gutter Show. And we broke the story that Harvey Elliott, 16-year-old Harvey Elliott, who's described by my source close to the deal as fucking brilliant, <laughs> was close to signing for Liverpool. And lo and behold, Sam Wallace at the Telegraph, today as we're recording, has broken the story that he's going to sign for Liverpool. How made up are you on a scale of one to ten? Uh, I want to say seven, be a bit of a party pooper. Um, Remember, he is fucking brilliant. Yeah. Just cannot stress this enough. To preface this, Rob watched 35 seconds of him online and yes. told me he's better than Coutinho. <laughs> he's good, he reminds you of Coutinho. Sorry, he does, does <laughs> make weird in your mouth. He plays on the right, he cuts on to his left. Has a little look, has a little pop, doesn't he, Ben? <laughs> has a little look, has a little pop. Maybe he cuts back before he has a little look. You know what? You've just shown me, make that an eight. See? <laughs> talks the same. <laughs> and where did, where did you hear about him first? Um, first. <laughs> Oh, first, um, was it on some show? It was on some it show. Was on the, it was on the, the Gutter Show. Ah, that's the one, yeah. Where's that available? Yeah, uh, uh, on Saw Player, I believe. Yeah, it's great. And Gutman is now we Paul Joyce. Gutman's now Paul Joyce incarnate. Um, <laughs> They're never going to let me do this show again. <laughs> <laughs> um, if he's if he turns out as, as, as fucking brilliant as as you say he is, my source is closer to the deal. Th- suggest then, yeah, let's um, let's have him in. Um, what that means for any other bar player at the club or any potential, then. Who knows, really? I mean, depending on the fee, depending on you know his his potential and where he will go in the first six to twelve months, whether he gets a first team chance or whether he sticks in the under 18s the under twenty threes. You know, let's 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 see how he develops and progresses because I think at the minute there's a bit of a dearth of academy quality, perhaps. Um, there's a bit of you know who should be getting as backups to the front three. Who do we need a wild player? Do we need that? number 10 to come in and change games if we're trailing or if we're drawing that nice option off the bench so yeah let's give let's give it a go and let's see how it gets on we're going to tell you a little bit more about him Ian because you need to know I do mate um, <laughs> my source is close to the deal said he was about to sign on the dotted line for, for Real Madrid before Liverpool whisked the pen out of his hand and said no you want to come and play for us what a fella on the banks of the Royal Blue Mersey <laughs> for the Reds. And uh, he, he actually made his debut for Fulham last September in the EFL Cup as a 15-year-old. Uh, and as a 16-year-old, he's played two Premier League games. So it's not like we're not buying proven Premier League quality, <laughs> is it? That's one hell of a sell, mate. Um, I mean, closest we'll get this summer. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, this could be the business, couldn't it? Two young lads. But, um, I mean... What it does show is that there's a level of planning going on around the club, that they've got the finger on the pulse. Um, obviously, they are looking towards, you know, succession planning, next phase stuff, which is dead important. So, you know, we can obviously have a, a bit of a laugh about it now, but um, it's probably one that, you know, inside the club, they're delighted about because getting in lads of this age with this potential, you know, we know it could save you absolutely millions. And, you know, when there's lads who are 19, 20 years of age suddenly going for over 100 million in the transfer market, then if you do find a special one, and we don't know what this lad's like yet, you know, we can talk about, is he like a teen? You know, I don't really know. I've certainly never seen him play. Um, he's fucking brilliant, mate. But apparently, according to the Cutter Show, he's fucking brilliant. So I'm on board with it. Um, and yet, we'll just see how he develops. But I wouldn't expect to see him featuring any time soon. Andrew? Thoughts? No, I'm not into it. <laughs> not into it? Not into it. Moody man bun. Looks like a South End. I bet you he wears those cacks that are scared of his fucking ankles as well. He does have a moody man bun, doesn't that, he? That and there uh, wears... Fucking, what's this thing as well? We're wearing socks with like your, your Adelettes now. It's a big deal. Yeah. It, 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 it's creeping in, we isn't it? It's Friday. 
No, it's I'm, dead comfy, you know. Is it? Yeah. yeah, but would yeah you, don't would knock you, it till you've tried would it. You go the house, you were a fussy, didn't you? Yeah. Would you yeah, go there? Yeah, but I mean, that's fun. What are you I mean, talking I mean, like, about? The way you slide, you know, your Adidas slides, but with like socks pulled up. Nice. Like 40 socks. Yeah. Yeah. Would you leave the, well, I mean, would you, would you like bounce down South Road like that, or is it just like, you know, running oh, the shops? I've or? seen those lads wearing like 18th century pants with it. This is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like kegs that stop just past you. You wear them. That's, all this kid. Tom That's Tom what Dave, I'm saying. Anyone seen James Madison? Well. Yeah. Oh, you want to see James Madison's pro- pro- promo videos? Is it for Puma? Puma, yeah. Oh, oh, someone, put it, someone put it up next to the David Brown one as well. It's fucking brilliant. I, I, really I, think, I think it's deliberate. Though. I think the whole point of the James Madison thing is so people take the piss out of it. Because guess what? We're talking about it. So it's work. There you go. Advertising 101. Oh, it's very clever. It's gone all the way from clever there to stupid and back again. go. But all no, right. I, I'm not into the man bun, shall we say. Okay, all right. Ben, you and I were talking about this on uh, on the Talking Reds uh, video thing earlier. The interesting thing, from my point of view, in all seriousness, is the the, the possibility in this with the Vandenberg deal they did the other week as well that Liverpool are looking. Have you seen the size of this kid, by the way? Vandenberg, yes, he's it's massive. It's fucking grok. He's mazzy, as we say up here. Yeah, um, it's it's possibly Liverpool trying to get the likes of the Delicts and the Mbappes before they become Delicts and Mbappes. Yeah, I think. I think there's when you read all the briefings from like from Liverpool when like when they were obviously linked with Delit and it was always oh, going to he wants to go to Liverpool he's going to Liverpool blah 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 Liverpool distanced themselves from it and said why we're not spending fifty million quid on a a lad who's got a year's footy in his ass pocket we'll spend a million yeah. on one yeah. and and hope that they've got the same potential and that's the smarter move and it's the smarter play why why let someone else develop someone. And then you pay a premium for them and you're still unsure as to what the end product's gonna be. Like the lit might be great, I don't know, I've never really seen him. But he might be he might stay at that level. He might stay at his current level, he might not kick on. <clears throat> Talk's a big game. Talk's a big game, he's going to Juve, whatever. He might he might be great, but I think there's a clear strategy from the club. And it, it looks to me like last year was a was an anomaly in that we've done all our signings of big name players now for a while and, and I think we've 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 had a we've had a look at our Strengths and weaknesses, and thought, right? What do we need to get us? What do we need to get to get us in a position where we can win things? Well, we need a keeper, we need a centre half, we need a solid centre mid, uh, and we're, we're boxed everywhere else pretty much. And I think there's now gonna there's a there's a change in plan from let's buy the end product to let's start buying the little diamonds that we can deliver because we've got this squad that can compete, get ninety seven points, get to European Cup final. Um, let's buy players who can. Dip in and out, we can, you know, polish them the way we want them. We can get them playing our footy. We back ourselves to develop them better than anybody else, I would imagine, <coughs> as, as a management team. We've shown so, the route through, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah. And you, you look at the you look at the impact Klopp's had on on pretty much every player at, at Liverpool. There's no one who's got any worse, really. Um, everyone's improved, uh, you know, and 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 I think they back themselves to just get these little sort of rough diamonds for less though. They back their system, their scouting systems, and they're trying to get the they're trying to get them before the talked about elsewhere. You know, what's the point in spending sixty million for someone when you can spend a million? Yeah, I mean, Andy, it's, it sort of follows on a, a mini lineage taking shape. If you go from Kiana Herber, who's still only seventeen, Vandenberg's coming at seventeen. They've got um, Billy, Billy Cometio as well. Since French kid is he signed? signed? He's, he signed. No, he signed. Yeah. And how old is he? So similar. He's uh, sixteen. Since half. Okay. Good play. Uh, and, and of course. Sorry, I've, I've just thrown you to Mickey there, haven't I? Yeah. You have. I've, I've, Jesus Christ, I would have been celebrating that all week if I'd known that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Billy and Billy Elliot's lad Harvey. Uh, who's, are we expect? Do we expect to see any of these kids in the League Cup this season? Do you think? Well, I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? I mean, uh, Keanu Hoover doesn't even. Took his socks off with his sliders, and he was playing wolves in the in the cup, wasn't he? Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you look. I think if any young prospect now in 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 um in Europe look at Liverpool as an attractive destination, you look at the you look at the, the lad who's playing right back for us, Trent, Trent Alexander Arnold. Mm. You know, there's a clear pathway there. I think the big sell as well to these kids is well, look, we we I think Ben Ben spots on we're signing you because we don't think we think instead of going out and spending 50, 60, 70 million, we think. That you've got the ability here to do that for us, uh, and we can we can see a fifty sixty million pound player in you. It's just that we we're you know we, we're getting in there early before before anyone else, and we will make you that fifty sixty million pound player. Um, <clears throat> and why not? Why not? Um, well, fast forward three years, and they're all loaned well, to, to uh, Derby in the well, championship. That's, but, but, that, but, that, but, but that's fine. But that's fine because then it pays for itself. If you get these kids sure. in now, 
So if you look at if you, if you if you look at the academy as a business, it's got to fund itself and it has. The players that we've signed, how much have we paid for Van den Berg? If minimal, if anything, I'm not too sure. It's right. right. three million, three million go to four. Yeah. That's well, right. So what I'm saying, that kid plays two minutes for Liverpool football club. You get your money back plus just by being at Liverpool. Yeah. So you know, so if if your success rate with these kids is one in five, then that's that sounds. That's that. That's fine for me. And if it's better than that, then you're absolutely flying, aren't you? Yeah. But no, you're you're all right. There, there does seem to be a focus on quality with these young kids now, especially the academy level. I've read a, a, an interview with Alex Singletop, and he was saying, you know, we're cutting the numbers, and that you can kind of read that one or two ways where are they scaling things back at the academy? Or can say actually, no, we're having a focus on quality mm. and putting our resources into finding the best kids as opposed to just casting the net wide and you know, overcoaching and and make just just to make up the numbers. I mean, there was a period a couple of years ago when I think there was, there was bloody, I think it was 400 kids in the academy at one point, um, which is mad because you're actually holding the best kids back then as well. You're, just, you're lowering the quality at which yeah. they're playing against, aren't you? Exactly. Spot on. Yeah, okay, and a story that's been bubbling since we won the European <clears> Cup, but sort of gained a bit of momentum over the weekend is about, which could be the best signing of the summer if we're looking at uh, signings that aren't really signings, Jurgen Klopp possibly, possibly signing a new contract for Liverpool. There were some quotes I think came out yesterday from his agent who said the following, Jurgen felt again at the recent celebrations after winning the Champions League, what a great club Liverpool is and that he's in the right place at the right time. He's commenting on uh, rumours that, Jür- that Jürgen may or may not be interested in moves elsewhere. He goes, Jürgen is currently not affordable, but it is difficult to measure the transfer fee in his case in any way. How is this going to work for a coach who has increased the club's value from nearly 900 million to just under 2.8 billion? That's not how it works. Not entirely sure what he's getting out there, whether he's saying Jürgen should get, get a shitload more money, Andy, but you've tracked the, the, the source of the, mm-hmm. of the story and why the why the agent uh, felt, what's his name, Mark? Mark Koziger. Mark Koziger, why he felt... The need to offer some commentary to the media. I'm surmising it could be any reason. It could sure. have just been totally random. He, he just felt like speaking out. But there has been, I mean, obviously Mel Reddy spoke, um, and we all know how well informed Mel is a couple of weeks ago about there's no immediate panic from Klopp to sign an extended deal. Uh, and again, you can immediately read that as all oh, he wants out, he wants out. But then there was a story in the mail which <clears throat> originated uh, uh, in the Sun uh, saying, oh, Liverpool are worried about losing Jürgen Klopp and it was very much a scare story when there was nothing really in it um, and I do think it's interesting the timing of his agent coming out and, and setting the record straight so to speak um, personally I think that you know he's got three years left on his deal hasn't he um, and his agent had made a, made a bloody good point I mean look at how far he's taken people forget about the financial aspect look at where we are now compared to do you think that it. quote is sending a bit of a message to, to FSG it's it wouldn't surprise me if well why if Basically, if Liverpool weren't trying to extend his contract, I'd be asking why they aren't trying to extend his contract. Yeah. But then you look at the other side of it, where do you go? I think it's interesting, the national team thing, because that's an interesting gambit. Because if it was another club interested, well, why why would he? Why would he go? Why, why would he leave Liverpool for anywhere else? I'm not just saying that glibly out of a sense of self-importance self of our club, but, you know, where does he go? Yeah, no, I agree. So, I mean, the, the, basically, the only the only out for him is a national team job. There, it's not like he's going to go to China or whatever. Um, and I think it's, I, th- I think it's very very cute. I think there's something behind it. And I think, but if if you're going to ask me to, to put my hand on, uh, um, bloody, I don't know the phrase. If you're going to ask me to put, commit yourself, commit myself, I'd say you you probably see him sign a new contract over the summer. And this is just part of the whole. The whole process. The, the fact that his agents come out and shot this story down so quickly and unequivocally is, is telling. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, part of the, part of the dance, Joel. I mean, he's he's. He, I mean, it feels a bit mad to me that we're four years into <clears throat> Jurgen and there might only be three left if we take the contract he's currently gone. Literally, um, that would seem a cruel twist. almost to lose him that soon. You confident we'll get some more Jurgen for many more years to come? Yeah, I, th- I think we will. I mean, because you look at you look at the only other two jobs he's had. He spent seven years at both of them at Mainz and Dortmund. So hope, but hopefully he spends more than seven years here at Liverpool. Because as as, as the points that have already been mentioned, you know what at the minute in world football, which club could offer Klopp a project or even like offer him something that he's got that's better than what he has at Liverpool at the moment. But look at the fit as well. He, fit, he fits the club perfectly. Oh, he does, yeah. He's, he's actually managed to somehow mould the club into his image it's on a level that we haven't seen since the days of Shankly. You know, I've never known a manager in my lifetime at Liverpool to run the rule over so much of the club and to have 
you know, bent it almost to its will because Liverpool has always been bigger than the club. And it still is. The club is, will always be bigger than any one individual. But, you know, for Klopp, he has managed to come in and somehow mould it in sort of his, his philosophy and his identity. And he's just got everyone singing from the same hymn sheet. The only, my only minor worry with this, and this is regardless of the contract or not, because I think if, if a manager wants to go... He'll just go and a lot of things can happen in football. But my only concern is, and it sounds a bit mad, as if he wins the league for Liverpool. Yeah, so, they should accomplish kind of that. So, so if he gets to, say, say it's year seven and his contract's coming to an end or the season before and he hasn't won the league, I think we've got a better chance of signing a new deal. You know, it's it basically, it, it. if he comes close, you're not telling me if we come with him, we don't win the league by the time his contract's up and we're finishing within three points at the top of the tier or five points, whatever. Why would you walk away? But then if he wins the league... And he's won a European Cup and win another European Cup, then it is kind of I'm gonna take a break, boys. That's my only concern, but that that's regardless of the contract issue. Ben, how would you see it playing out? Do you I mean I, I can see Andy's point of view that there could be a sort of yeah, job done, I can walk away. But then again, I could see if he had if he had a couple of plateaui seasons where it just just got a bit hard work, where he'd think, I don't need to grow old in pain um, trying to trying to hold yeah. this this Titanic afloat. I think the I think the way he leaves is that he's he's achieved everything he's he, he, he can achieve at Liverpool. I think I think Andy's right is that there's a point at which a point at which that happens and whether that's three years time, whether that's five years time is almost almost by the by. I think I think the way you look you look at the squad now and I'd say we're set with this squad pretty much I'd say it's settled for a couple of years two, three years and I think the question will arise I think the contract things are, uh, makes no odds I think he's a man of his words I don't think there's a club who can come in and say we'll offer you X, Y, Z I think none of that's happening no. I think he'll either stay or not that's and it'll what, yeah. be based on his own internal how he wants to live his life do I want to carry on being Liverpool manager I think that decision I think that decision may be down to how he gets on over the next few years but also at some point <clears throat> In three years' time, there's going to be a bit of a rebuild, rebuilding job. I think you're going to be going looking on out. Now, well, yeah, it's going on now behind the scenes. But then, is it will he have to really make the decision that it's it, it's him to do that for two, three years, or is at that point is it somebody else's role to come in to bed in to build their own to bring them players who've been brought through on when the likes of Salah goes and Mane goes and Firmino goes, Virgil be what thirty one in three years' time. He start, he, he, there's a there's a there's a genuine feeling for me that this squad of players is there. Pretty much one or two might drift, but pretty much for the next three four years. And then what? What then? What happens next? Is it is it Jurgen re rebuilding? You, know, you look at the job Simeone's doing at the minute, and he said he's been there a long time. Yeah, and he's now saying this is the this is the hardest job I've ever had. This this particular moment because his side's just gone. You know, he's lost mm. his, his best centre halves have gone. He's lost his best centre centre mids. Um, Griezmann is gone. Yeah, he's, 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 his best centre forwards gone, and he's <clears> like, right, I've got to rebuild, and this is dead hard, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it, but I'll give him my best. And you just wonder, at that point, even for him, you wonder whether it's best for somebody else to do that role rather than him and him leave with his reputation and his everything intact I think there's probably parallels to, to what Klopp's going to be in I think there's, there's loads in what everyone said there you know Andy talks about the fit it's, it's harder to to think of a better fit manager to club across well football to be honest it does seem like the absolute perfect fit um, we get him and he gets us you know how often do you find a manager who can come out on a number of occasions and challenge fans challenge fan behaviour challenge how we behave at the match challenge how we back the team um, and he's done that, and he gets away because he's Jurgen Klopp, uh, and that's a big thing. Um, I think he'll want to build a legacy, so I think European Cups and league titles are hugely important, of course they are, but I think there's also something in just winning trophies, and I think it's important that the manager continues to win stuff. Um, I'm not sure he will want to leave after winning the league title, I think it depends on, you know, who knows what the league looks like then, you know, Pep Guardiola could have left, and Jurgen's got a chance to go and win two or three of these things on the spin, and that makes you you know, that puts you down as one of the greatest of all time if you're able to do stuff like that. So it's hard to know, you know, what are the jobs are out there for and that would interest them. You know, I'm not sure the likes of some of these other top European teams where they just chain out managers would ever interest Jürgen Klopp because he's about planning. He's about putting a structure in place. He wants to put a stamp on things. You don't get those, you don't get time at a Madrid or a Barcelona. Bayern Munich could be one, but, you know, he's had, he's had run-ins with Bayern in the past. 
Um, there's the national job. Who knows whether that interests him because it doesn't give you that day-to-day and he likes the day-to-day. But also, it's hugely intense for both for both sides, you know, players, the manager, the fans as well. Uh, and sometimes, you know, Joel alludes to his seven-year stint at various clubs. Sometimes, actually, it just comes to a natural conclusion and, you know, managers' messages can start falling on deaf ears a little bit. You're hearing the same thing over and over again. It's important to keep it fresh. So when the likes of a Bouvatch goes and people start panicking and worrying, actually, that might not have been the worst thing because all of a sudden they get different messages from Pep Linders, for instance. And I think that helps. You know, Ferguson was one of the greatest that just shaking up the backroom team. So it's not just him delivering things. It's not just, you know, Mike Phelan delivering it. It's not Steve McLaren delivering it. It's different fellas. Um, so that's really important as well. So I, I don't think we'll know whether he wants to, at this stage, extend it just right now but I think if he does do it then he's a man of his word and I think he'll see out another contract if he puts pen to paper and no funny thing as well we've never had a manager leave us for for someone else I've never known it personally in my lifetime I don't know whether I know any of you have but if you go back throughout our history I don't think we've ever had a manager who's turned out to us and go I'm getting off and going somewhere else like it's always it's always ever seen it's always seen that's come to a natural conclusion or a natural end or obviously nobody being sacked but in this situation with Klopp in particular, that's, it's the only time where you, like with Andy's slight little worry, where it might come in. We had a brief worry with, us before. with Rafa, yeah. I think it was a moment a moment or two where it was possible that Real could have nicked, but you're right. Yeah. It has never, that's an interesting point there. It's never actually happened in our history to have had one poached from us. Yeah. Okay, do you just want to change tack slightly on me, still in the same vein? Uh, continue giving people a bit of a flavour of what we do in, in, the, in the gutter show on, on the tour player thing. Um, the gutter show, Rob. Tell me the more. gutter show. I, I can really ham it up if you want to, but I, I think I've given it as my all this year <laughs> in terms of uh, self ruthless self promotion. But anyway, but we do we do chat endlessly about the tra- transfers and transfer window. This transfer window. Now we saw we you know a couple of kids. They're not both through the door yet. Yay! But we want to sign. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll rewind it. I was talking to Paul Senior of this parish just before the show, and he was going. It would be a bit mad if we didn't sign anybody serious this window. Given having from this position of strength, given that we're fantastic, but there are a couple of gaps in the squad, it would be a bit mad. Something occurred to me over the weekend, and it probably because I, I was bevied, but you know, every now and again, we know the Liverpool plan ahead, right? And you know the way we wasted for Van Dijk. What's to say the big move that Liverpool make this summer? I think Liverpool still go big this summer. But you talk about succession planning with Salah, Firmino, Mane, whatever. What if the big move Liverpool will make this summer is actually the move for next summer? It's quite that possible. Doing now. You mean they buy they buy him in now within or even sum, just or even just just get it all straight for next summer. I'm not saying Liverpool won't go big this summer, but what I'm saying is if they're the man, we know how stubborn. What so where I'm going with this is we know how stubborn the manager is with players. So we waited on Van Dijk when Van Dijk we, we couldn't get Van Dijk initially. They pulled away. They didn't go sign anyone else. Did waited they? on Naby Keita. They waited on Naby Keita. So what I'm saying is, if, if if he's given a choice of right, we can wait the season and we can definitely get this fella, or if you want, we can go this year and get this fella. And he goes, "Now nah, I want him." What's it's quite possible. I actually, will, I'll, I'll throw a name into the ring on that possibility. But like, Klopp, team back in uh, preseason training, he spoke Ben of. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, uh, Rian Brewster, Joe Gomez, even Adam Lallana being like the proverbial new signings. I mean, it winds some people up that because they're desperate for the transfer, not least me. But, <laughs> but to what? It, but Liverpool are, are going with this party line that they don't need players. Are they truly, in your mind, is there a strategy in place of sticking, not twisting, or is this just misdirection of the media going, look over there while we, while we do business? I think it's hard to know. I think I think I wouldn't put it past Liverpool to just announce someone tomorrow. No one, no one was on it, and mm. it, it's like a big name sign, and it's just out of the blue. I wouldn't put it past it. So I think it really is difficult to know what's going on. I think there's a load, there's a load of sense in the fact that you know what they're saying is yeah, these three, four players are like a new sign, and you know Divock, um, Divock's going to stick around. Uh, who, who, you know, we we thought this time last year would probably move on. Uh, Brewster has been assured of a role, we would say, to, to sign his contract. So, you know, you've got to then not block his development path. I think Oxley Chamberlain. Um, I think the th- I think the thing is for fans looking on, it's hard because you you just don't know what you're going to get. So I think there's a load of unknowns. You don't know what 
Oxley Chamberlain's going to give you in terms of can he give us 50 games? Can he give us 20 games? You know, mm. he's had a bad injury. The same with Brewster in fairness, plus he's unknown. You know, we might be, we've never really seen him play. We've seen him bang goals in the in the World Cup when he was 16, 17, but he's never played never played for us. I've only ever watched them in under eighteen level. Like, cause in my old job at, at the club, I'd, I'd covered a lot of the academy games. And you're right, you know, it's, it's all it's all well and good doing it at one particular level. But when you step up through the levels and eventually hit the first team, it's it's a, a different ball game. And like with Brewster, he was he was always one that stood out. That he's got something about him, quick and nippy, and you know, can get him behind the defenders and he can score all kinds of goals. Like even for the under twenty threes before he got injured, he's got some absolute belters against like PSV and Everton and. You know some proper like different finishes and even lobs against Tottenham and Anfield like so there was there is something about him but for me that's what I'm eager to see like yourself is is how is he going to bounce back from this injury because it was quite a bad injury that he got when he was yeah. playing against Man City you know but it's put him out for over a year same with Oxley Chamberlain and just sorry um, on Oxley Chamberlain as well you know he's been out over a year and I remember reading the big um, Sam Wallace piece in the Telegraph that he that came out in May you know about the injury and that. How it took him a year to bounce back, and even they said in in, in that article from writing and remembering that it's going to take him at least a year to fully heal and to fully get back to what he was. So with Oxley Chamberlain, we're going to need patience in my mm. eyes. I think that Ryan Brewster thing's dead interesting because you know, we you've heard a lot about him since he he kind of wins the the World Cup with England the under seventeen, doesn't he? And he comes to prominence and now he gets eight goals in that tournament and he scores. Successive hat tricks against Brazil and USA, quarters and semis. So everyone is talking about him at that point. And he looks great. And I think, yes, there's the injury thing, but I'm also interested to see how the club are developing him as a player because there's loads and loads of talk about him just being a lad who may operate between the width of the penalty area. You know, almost a Bobby Firmino light, if you like. You can come in, play that number nine role. Um, you've not touched on there. Joel, he's got all kind of finishes in his locker. But, you know, do Liverpool start to think about maybe developing him a little bit further and, you know, can he suddenly play in a more of a wide area? Um, so that'll be interesting to see what the club's got in mind for him, really, because if he's going to get more game time by doing that, that allows him to then fill in for one or two players, three players, as opposed to just for Bobby. So I think that's interesting how they're working with him. And maybe we get to see a little bit of that um, against Tramier on Thursday if he starts. But there's no doubt, you know, he's had a huge injury there and it's going to take a little bit of time. So whilst we can all be excited about it, I think, you know, we've got to give the lad time to to kind of get used to playing at the next level because the next level is one hell of a step up. I wouldn't be, sorry, Andy, no, I wouldn't be surprised if... You know, if they want someone, they're not quite sure whether they need to push the button and get them. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just giving it a couple of weeks. Have a look at what happens in pre-season. Yeah. Have a look at the level of Harry Wilson, the level of uh, the lads we've just spoke about, and see whether they think they can get the games they need out of them. And if they can't, then it's like, right, okay, we need one. We, we need someone in, and, and we've got someone, so we can do it. Let's do it. You just don't know. I think there's, I think that's what's dead interesting. It's a bit frustrating, obviously, being a fan. You, you know, you want to get something nice about get buying new people isn't he there's something nice about watching new people love? play footy yeah there's something <laughs> lovely about it it's like it bring, it's sort of like being a kid again isn't it but yeah. I don't know I think it's I think it's up in the air I mean you, you look at I mean, that's a fantastic point I mean you look at what happened with Allison last year they only decided to pull the trigger on that one after the Tramier pre-season game yeah. But it was clear. Uh, seriously, no, we found. Uh, do you believe that though? I, I find that. Bell says there's loads of planning, I always, loads of planning so going on around Allison. As the as the as the fella that he was saying up in all summer, we'll sign Allison. We'll sign Allison. Yeah. But I do think it maybe solidified certain minds at the club yeah. when it was clear that Carius's head had just fell off. Because so they we, were briefing that Ward would Ward. Would yeah, be because a yeah, but that was a negotiation with Roma, wasn't it? But what I'm saying, I, I always think ultimately they would have signed Allison anyway. But when it's quite clear that your number one goalkeeper. Is having, and I feel sorry for the kid, but he, I was I was there at Tramia last year, mm, and I, me too. I felt horrible for him. I felt really, really sorry, but maybe that solidified arguments of of fresh in minds. Just the point I was going to make, though, is you saw what Ryan Brewster, Vandenberg, whatever. I think there's a chance that you'll see Brewster, especially more than what you think, and there's a reason for this. One of the problems with the Premier League is the gap between the under 19s. And the first team, because the Premier League 2 or whatever you want to call it, or the under 20, you can go weeks and weeks and weeks without a game. Literally weeks and weeks and weeks. And I was talking to somebody at the academy uh, a few weeks ago, and he was saying a couple of the kids who'd been up at, um, at Melwood <clears throat> for a month had come back to the academy, and they were rusty as hell. Hmm. 
because they were just not they weren't able to make up the numbers. But while there was just no games for them to play, like Curtis Jones, yeah, yeah, there, there was no games for them to play, and I, and I think you don't appreciate just how important it is to get to to, to keep to basically for these kids to get games and to keep them sharp. Hmm. So I think that there's I don't think there's going to be a halfway house on this. I don't think you're going to see Brewster play five to ten games over the course of three, four, five, six months. I think he's either going to pay, play very little or far more than what you think. There is now, because he needs it. And bear in mind, the manager's always banging on about rhythm. There's um, now this checker trade trophy which we're mm. entering, some of the big teams are entering, which will give more games to that age group. I think there's also, I think what Andy says is right, I think there's also a, a point at which somebody just grabs the shirt. Like, and the manager's been seen to be a fella who someone goes into form. Uh, Joe Matter last year, Starts the season well, four choice centre half ends up starting mm. Champions League final. Yeah, it's because his form improved, and he he you know by by chance whatever he ends up starting a loads of games because people get injured. And then he just kept his shirt because he was great. Well, look at Rob Robertson with Moreno. Yeah, it's the same thing. Well, on the sorry, Rob, just on the, on the top end of the pitch, I think that's the the one area where most people would agree they should be looking to do something. I think I yeah. said that on the show last week. You can sit down with with people, rational people, and say. You know, you can make a case for not doing anything in midfield. You could maybe stretch it and say, well, Robertson plays most of the games at left-back. Make a case for just leaving it as it is. I'd do something, but you could make a case. But top end of the pitch, I mean, not only does it give us as fans a lift to see players coming in, but I think there's something around just pushing on the lads who are there as well. You know, because if if you know your place is guaranteed every week, you know, sometimes the desire might not always be there or can fall away. You can have the odd game where maybe you're not quite at it and you know you're going to play the following week. Now, I'm not suggesting that would happen with our lads because they look like really driven individuals, but I do think there's something about bringing another lad in top end of the pitch and it just maybe spares on even further the lads who were there. Carrick used to always say when you'd bring in people in this position or around that part of the pitch, it'd drive them on another 5 or 10% to improve. And I think, you know, if you're looking at marginal gains here, something like that can suddenly all of a sudden have a huge impact on the squad. I do think you're right, Ian, but I think this is where pre-season in particular for Brewster is just perfect opportunity for him. Like, if he, if he comes in and it's the ground run, let's say he gets a goal at Samuel on, on, on Thursday or even a double, then he goes to Bradford, scores a double again, or even gets a attic, let's say, for argument's sake, or he just carries on scoring in games, them two, or then on the tour in America, he gets a couple there, then Leon, and then Napoli as well. And then by the time he gets to the Community Shield, you know, he, he might even start that against Man City, because Firmino might still not be fit enough, Salah might not be fit enough, you know, so that, so this for this pre-season for Brewster is just a perfect chance, and he's, he, he is going to be considered like the main man. My my hope for him is is that because he's been out with this injury for so long that that he doesn't get niggly recurrent injuries and ends up missing half the preseason and, and never quite happens for him because I agree with you it's totally crucial but I want to talk about I think if Liverpool are to bring one in if there's a name that's been bubbling under although it's been widely rubbish by the club it's Nicholas Pepe I mean there were stories in the press a week or so ago two weeks ago that uh, Michael Edwards has gone as far as ringing up the Lille manager to say Liverpool aren't interested in Nicolas Pepe. But, the, but the, there's quotes over the weekend from Lille's president, Gerard Lopez, who, who has since apparently confirmed that Liverpool are in talks to sign Pepe, which just goes against everything that's being said in this country. Not the first time we've seen press in one country totally at, uh, at opposites from press here. He supposedly said, well, he said, I know there have been discussions, discussions with a player, but not with us as a club. Liverpool have players in his position, and I read that he could go there if players leave. I am not particularly focused on Liverpool, but it is true there have been discussions with the agents. What to believe, Andy? Yeah, well, I think that reads as Lille wants to sell the player and use Liverpool to... Well, they've said they will let him go. Yeah, well, exactly. So, you know, they've, they've, they've written their own story, but throw Liverpool in the mix and then suddenly it's all over the place and people know the players available for a I'm a big place. fan of Edwards phoning the chairman and saying, lads, the story's all over this baby and I'm just phoning to let you know that we haven't spoke to him and not interested. However, while I've got you on the blower... <laughs> <laughs> How much? Any hopes? Listen, mate, no, we, no, we definitely... No. Not interested. Look, Nicholas, we're not interested. Are we, mate? <laughs> so, no. Just like they weren't in Van Dyke. But this is why the reference to the Alisson saga. I mean, there was a lot of misdirection of the media last summer with the Carrius and Ward things. Then the Italian media picked up on it and there's still stuff. Uh, the press boys here go, no, no, no. Oh, oh, yeah, they are interested. And he's signing. It just feels... 
Liverpool are very good at luring you into their their reality and going, no, it's actually okay, guys, that we don't sign absolutely anybody when the next one we sign could take us on to the level of winning the league. It just feels far-fetched. In the end I, think I think I've said this on another show, so I apologise if I repeat myself. I think we can get carried away a little bit on like a, a couple of million quid as if it's not a big deal. So we talk about Alisson specifically. Mm. There was talk of, oh, <clears throat> Roma won't do business, Liverpool won't go to 75 million or whatever, whatever it was. And everyone's going, oh, just pay, just pay, just pay. You've, the difference between what we paid in 75 million, and it, it, it sounds clear when you talk a massive amount of money, but it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, yeah. and if and if you if you get it if you get a reputation for overpaying, as yeah, Liverpool exactly. have done, I think that's the bigger thing, is you it? know you get a reputation for overpaying, especially with, with agents fees. I think Liverpool have topped the agents the agents fee table for for three out of the last four years or something now, and it does matter. I mean, you talk about I know Liverpool have booked the profit, but a lot of that's accounting chicanery. But like, that's a lot of money that's got to be accounted for. So the point I'm making is, if they're really negotiating for a player. Why wouldn't they do everything they can to make sure that they get the absolute optimum deal that suits Liverpool Football Club to the ground? And if that means telling not barefaced lies, but knocking stories down, why should they? Why should they entertain stories when, in fact, it could be counterproductive to the business case? The other side of that is that scouting so good and our success rate is so good on on players that we've got to be fucking devious and we've got to tell little tales because otherwise, people, are, you know, just clubs literally. Looking at who Liverpool are interested in and going, yeah, come on, we'll have a bowl of him because look what they've just done with Salah and Sadio and Firmino and so and so and blah, blah, blah. She's, you, you, I mean, there's no harm in... I'm a big I'm a big fan. I like the press boys to turn around and go, we understand the Liverpool aren't going to buy anyone this summer, but they are terrible, terrible liars. <laughs> we can't trust the weird that comes out. Weird that comes out. Okay, pre-season training began officially on Saturday with the boys photographed uh, reappearing at Melwood. Liverpool have confirmed the list of 16 players who were, who were available for that day. They are... Arreo, a young keeper. Bruce, is he a keeper? Ah, yeah, he's a Colombian centre. Yeah, he's a Colombian. We'll move on to my my faux pas there. Bruce Decline, <laughs> Fabinho, Gomez, Kent, Herbert, Jones, Lalana, Matip, Milner, Oxley, Chamberlain, Phillips, Vandenberg, Wilson, Woodburn, and no keepers, none, because Keller's having surgery. I'm a huge <laughs> fan of someone having to go. No, Steve Stone, Harry Wilson, you're going in nets. To prove yourself. Oh, really, boss? Yeah. Yeah. Well, Liverpool have got a game at Prince, first preseason game at Prenton Park Thursday night under the lights, Joel. Yeah. Big one, big one. Pick me a team. Before we get into this, James, shout here, Andy, J- James Milner, man or machine. It's all the preseason. Legging everyone. all over the shop. Legging everyone. I'd love to be as fit as him. He's like, I don't know. I'm 34 now, maybe, yeah. 33, 34. And he's, oh, and he's still running rings around. It was never in doubt, so by the way. It was never in doubt. Just, okay, come on, I want to hear your team from yeah. that, that lot I, I picked. In goal, we don't know. Oh. We are assuming well, if, if uh, Bouvach back. is back and he's going in goal. <laughs> John Achterberg used to play for Tremier, didn't he, as well? You, you're right, back choices you could pick from Kleine, Gomezzi, Herver Jonesy. I think that's about it. Yeah. Who, who do you want? Um, we'll all pick. Slash Kleine. Okay. Left back is the same lads are on offer. Have we got any centre halves here? Gomez could play some. Matt's back. Matt's back. Matt's back. back. Vandenberg. Vandenberg. Yeah. I believe he's good. He's good. We just signed Bigger him. than he looks. Bigger than he looks. Um, look, we were just. No, that's not. Ben Wood. Bigger than back. he is. I don't know. Yeah. Ben, ben Wood. <laughs> Ryan, he's deceptively tall. He says he's six foot two. He's about nine foot. He's massive. I think I think a couple of lads are just here before they take loan moves. They would include Ryan Kent and Ben Woodburn. Um, okay, we're all not going to pick a team here for Tramway, but I'm actually wondering how he's going to do it because so many away because of international duty or the Afcon. And segueing neatly onto the Afcon, Ben. Brilliant news about Egypt going out. Personal tragedy for the boy Mo, but brilliant news because we might actually have our best player back sooner rather than later. Yeah, it's. I mean, you feel for him because he, he clearly wanted to win. And we said this before on Talking Reds, but you know, I'm not. I'm not bothered. <laughs> okay. I'm not, not Egyptian. For. I couldn't give two fucks. Yeah. Um, so I made up. He's having a nice break. I hope he's on a plane somewhere. Lovely now. Off to go fishing. You got a good, got a good Instagram game on holiday, Andy. Yeah, I really take a lot of ple- pleasure in watching <clears throat> Mo Salah really relax. 
Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, there he is on the beach, get in. <laughs> you take it easy, off. Mo. You're going to be put through your paces, lad, so you take it real easy now. Yeah. You get yeah. that hairy chest out and it's, just, you know. Oh, he's waxed now, isn't he? He's waxed, His six-pack's beyond the six-pack, have you noticed? I mean, I don't want to be a bit... Uh, I think the thing is stick about this, but it is something. Does, does, does he wear socks with his adolescent? That's what I want to know. But the difference in his frame to, to this time last year when he got on over by uh, Ramos. And yeah. clearly they've clearly said to him, lads, you need to work on your on your strength because he's unreal now. I think he's years. always been dead strong, you know. I remember I that goal, but I, remember the way he turns Maguire. Yeah, uh, the game and that's quite a lot. And that's a big that's I mean, a, that's a lot to fair, turn, you know what I mean? Easy to fucking push him off weight, and <laughs> he's just tipple him on that big fucking fifty kilo head. But, <laughs> but the fact that the fact that back now does it does put us in a good position because there was a, a bit of a worry that we were only going to maybe have Firmino first game of the season against Norwich and all of a sudden now it looks almost certainly like you're going to have Mohamed Salah playing in that game as well. Obviously, Mane might be the only one of the front three who's not quite ready to go first game of the season. I think it's a funny thing now, isn't it? Like, this pre-season, now in terms of, you know, people think about, oh, are they going to be able to get up to speed again? They're only getting three weeks off. Don't mm. forget they've already had a week off before the Champions League final. They're getting three weeks off. They're, I think they're going to be fit. You know, Milner's come back, he'll probably play against. So he could probably play the Champions League final tomorrow. Mo's had about five holidays this year quietly, hasn't and that, he? That's the thing. Is, and I, and I, I, me and Neil were speaking about this the other week uh, on something, but I, I think there's a point at which in this season they use that World Club Championship, whatever it is, for a nice little holiday camp. Mm. And, and you, you know, you get a couple of games postponed. You've got your winter break anyway. Which is built in, but you get a couple of games postponed. You get, I think it's West Ham gets gets jibbed, or you might play them and then you go. But then I think they're away for ten days. Oh, yeah, it's getting a start in the they world. Want to play two games. You want to play against the loads of you know a, a shite side and a good one, hopefully. Yeah. And you think they treat they just treat that as a holiday camp? Yeah, they, they treat that as a, as a as a lads that have five days off. I think they'll want to win it, but because they of the, it, but because of the level of, of opposition in terms of quality, they can probably do a bit of jiggery pokery in the first game, couldn't they, at least? So yeah, you could be right. So that, I think that's in where we like I'm flapping thinking, oh, we're gonna have our team straight here for for the start of the season. I think you, you look, people will come back and just fucking play. They just yeah. they'll do the, they'll do a few warm ups and then just play. And Klopp's talked Andy about managing them through the season, managing their games, which again begs the question: Will then buy someone because it'll help you do that? But I, I'm looking at the likes of the lads who've been in the Afcon and were in the World Cup last year, and even if Mo's gone out a bit early. He's had, he's had a big couple of years. I can see increasingly increasing pressure or conversations between the Liverpool staff and the international managers and saying, look, there's about three or four international breaks before Christmas. Surely you can let it excuse him from a couple of these. <clears throat> or him, Mane, the rest. Well, they've been doing that anyway. I yes, think, they over, have. The, over the last couple of seasons, I think the club, sorry, excuse me, have <clears throat> gone much better with that. I mean, even to the point where they've said that they haven't even tried to blag an injury or anything like that. They've just no. said the Egyptian FA have, have elected not to call Mohamed Salah up for this. And I think Mane as well. Even England, the, the Southgate's got a really good relationship with the, with the manager. And it, to be honest as well, it, I think it's sizing. It's all about game times and too much pressure. We were talking about Ream Brewster earlier, earlier in the show. And maybe that's that's the character that they're, 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 they're giving these young kids going. But look, mm. there, there is going to be, there are going to be games there. But look, Liverpool now, it's easy to say, oh, everything's great because everything is great. But off the pitch now, Liverpool are just so far ahead of where they, where they were previously. You know, you, you talk about the, the, the nutritionists they've got in, the fitness staff they've got in. You look at the um, the the injury record that we've had. And people say we've been very lucky with injuries. I, I think a lot of that's just down to good planning. Um, I think the major injuries that Liverpool have had have been impact injuries as well that you can't you can't accommodate for. You can't do Gomez breaks. It's like that. That isn't down to overplaying. That's yeah, just because leaves on them. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. So I think Liverpool are are much better at that. And I don't want to care sitting out because get pulled hamstrings all over the shop the first week of the season. But much better now with that than what they have been previously. And they'll have a plan for for every eventuality. Yeah, Joel, I mean, I've been looking at this season trying to plan it out for Jürgen on my own. Um, you even look at things like, well, we're, at least we're first seeds in the Champions League this year and we're, fingers crossed, we don't get 
PSG and Napoli and, and the hard teams that we get we get a slightly gentler ride, a chance to make a game or two into a dead rubber. It would all help with easing us through. Yeah, it would, 100%. And I mean, Pot 2 is the only one where you get a potential, where you get, I think, Real Madrid, Atletico, Dortmund and Napoli are all in Pot 2. That's the only one where you think a bit, oh, I can't be dealing with that. But as you say, you know, Pot 3 and Pot 4, we should, we should deal with easily. But even if, like, say, we go deep in the Carabao Cup, I think there is a potential for, like, a, a clash with the Club World Cup. So what, whatever the football, if if that does happen, if Liverpool do get to the quarters and like they've got to reschedule that even, but I think I think Klopp in a way you just got to toss off the League Cup this season. I think you're just gonna to have to potentially you know, toss it right off. Yeah, toss it right off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I normally in the past I wouldn't say that either. I'd want to go in for everything and win win it all. Or but you use? Yeah, <laughs> beat it off. Yeah, just beat it off, sack it off, whatever. Um, but you know that 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 in in that in that in, in the Carabao Cup, right? You just end up going for you know play, playing the likes of your Joneses and if they're still around or your Adam Lewis is a left back. You know, what I mean? think it, I think to be fair to him, he'd probably like the chance to do that. I think, but I think last year the draw we had fucking Chelsea at home first first and yeah. bank off for that, and you've got to play it half a side. Then mm. you know you can't you know you've got to play lads who you would not necessarily want. That's just you wouldn't mind a few. Away, City's run, yeah, yeah, a couple of jag teams where you can throw. <laughs> Players who you need to need minutes in the legs, give them a game, and you and you're not. Well, you've only got you've only got to look at the run that City had to the two cup finals last year. There, there, was, there was games there. No, I'm not knocking it, but what I'm saying is, you know, John, I was right. If you get if you get if you get a Ben Albion or if you get a Barry or where Barry is still there anymore, you know, there should be opportunities there to to, to give these to blood these kids. I mean, I remember the, uh, when we put the kids out against Spurs in the, the League Cup under the Rafa, yeah. under Rafa. Yeah, you know, they didn't let, let, didn't let the shoot out on a night that was. I think Cinema Pongol scored the winner, didn't he? Yeah, no, I mean, it's a strange one, Ian, isn't it? The, the thought of going, if we could go deep in the cups, would it compromise what else we were doing? In theory, the manager could just keep putting out these second string sides. But I mean, I said that I think at the beginning of the summer, what I would like to see is Liverpool's transfer activity is us build a side via what we do in the market to win the League Cup. And by that, I mean, let's make this squad strong enough that our second string. Can re- or, or, the, or the team that we put out can really be put out the way City did without compromising what we're doing in the primary two competitions. No, I agree with that. I mean, Jono's right. Obviously, if you do get a kind of draw, then obviously, of course, it helps you and he can look to go a little bit deeper. So, no, the draw can and probably will dictate what sides he puts out. But I said it before, I do think it's important that we just try and pick up trophies now, regardless. Um, obviously, the European Cup and the league are always going to be the two big ones that you want. But in terms of legacies, just keep winning stuff. You know, that... Winning stuff builds a, a culture, and I think it's important now that Liverpool just try and keep putting big silver things in the in the cabinet. FA um, Cup. I'd love to win the FA Cup. The FA Cup. John, obviously they've been diluted now. Both both tournaments have been diluted, the League Cup and the FA Cup. But I think the pressure's off to some extent by winning the European Cup. You know, if all of a sudden the League Cup or the FA Cup's the first trophy you win, it doesn't feel the same. But because you've won the big one. Just picking up stuff now, I think, is really, really important for this group of players to go and just have that winning mentality. You know, Mourinho would talk about it a lot. There's something in winning the League Cup and then kicking on. And City, they've taken it very, very seriously. Yes, they've had some kinds of roles, but in previous years, they've been in the final or there or thereabouts yeah. a lot. Um, so I think, for me, I'd like to see us take those, those two trophies a little bit more serious. But I think, you know, what we haven't really touched on as well is in terms of player recruitment, which I think is important... What the manager has demonstrated, uh, certainly early part of last season, is the ability to go flexible with his formation. So, you know, it's hard to know really what Liverpool look like against maybe City in the Charity Shield, for instance. You know, what? how does he... Because he'd, he'd be thinking about Norwich, because that game's only, what, four or five days after. So mm-hmm. it's a precursor to that Norwich game. And I, you put it on your agenda, Rob, what you thought that team might look like. And one of the names that was missing from that City potential lineup was Oxley Chamberlain and I think him having him back this season is huge. I'd be amazed if he doesn't start against City. When you think of his record against City, how good he's been against them in the past. Um not only in the games that he scores, but actually I remember him in the second leg against City at their place where all of a sudden he's making those penetrating runs. He's a lad who's yeah. willing to go past centre forwards. On about 35, 40 minutes, this lad's looking around thinking, who the fuck else marking him? Because he's just making those runs that he just can't live with. And City aren't a team that are used to having lads run at them. And all of a sudden, Liverpool have got a bit of a a bit of a threat there that people won't be used to again because he didn't play at all last year. Obviously, there's, there's the caveat of 
what does he come back like? How, what's he going to look like? Is he going to be capable of putting you know two, three games together given the injury he's had? But I think the return of Chamberlain could be absolutely huge for Liverpool, given how flexible he is as a footballer as well. You know, all of a sudden you can see him popping up right hand side if it was four, two, three, one. So that for me is a massive boost going into the new season. I was just going to say there, um, look at it this way: by the end of the year, we could have three more trophies. That'll do. That's yeah. the spirit. Before we conclude, uh, I want to tell you about um, a thing we're doing on uh, AnfieldRap.com, giving you the chance to vote for what we're calling the uh, the player who is your embodiment of Liverpool FC. So the lad you think uh, currently on and off the pitch is the embodiment of the club. Um, you can do that by <clears throat> voting at www.theanfieldrap.com forward slash award. Uh, I'm going to go around the room and get you to give your picks. Me and Ben have done ours on the Talking Reds video, so we'll be very quick. I picked Sadio Mane. Ben, you picked? Trent. I picked Trent because he's boss. Because he's boss. Good reasons. Solid reasons. <laughs> Solid. Very good. Ian, who would you be picking and why? On and off the pitch. I think... I think it's dead hard because I think there's loads and loads Ian of candidates. Low, you'll say again. There's, 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 loads <laughs> there's, of, there's loads of candidates. I can definitely see a case for, for Jono's Trent shout. Um... On the pitch, he's been he's big magnificent. I mean, what he's doing at twenty years of age is is unreal. The numbers the numbers he's delivering are you know unparalleled. Really, um, I think Andy Robbo has got that working class hero thing going on, where he's kind of come through the journey he's come through to suddenly be probably the best left back in Europe. So I think there's an Andy Robbo shout, and the lads have mentioned they're also doing. Loads of great work off the pitch in terms of charity stuff as well, which sometimes goes unrecognised, but it's important to note. But I'd probably go for James Milner. I think Milner's just the age he's at, what he's given the team, um, the leadership qualities that he he possesses. Um, he's clearly one of the manager's lieutenants on the pitch. Um, he's full of drive, even at the age he is. I just think he's been an inspirational figure. And I think when he came in, a lot of people probably weren't expecting loads from James Milner. They probably didn't see him having such a, a kind of prominent place within the side or within the squad. And, you know, whether he's starting or whether he's coming off the bench, the lad has given this football club loads. And you forget as well, he's coming as a free transfer. Yes, he was coming in on big wages, but my God, he's paid all of that back and then some. Um, and you look at when he came on in the Champions League again, he, always, he almost grabs the second goal. Um, but just the stuff he does around the club, both on and off the pitch, would make him my choice. Andy, did you pick yours on another show? I've made my case on an alternative show, but I'm going to push it again now. I'm going for Jordan Anderson um, for loads of reasons, but primarily to keep it short, the journey he's been on as a Liverpool player. He's come in to replace Steven Gerrard, probably the best player ever to play for the football club. He's had people write him off because he isn't Steven Gerrard. He's gone from trying to get... The, he, he chose to stay at the club and he could have went to Fulham. And I think to deal with what he's had to deal with on and up, on the pitch, people you know, people not rating him to lift the European Cup um, as Liverpool captain. That's it for me. Just that quiet, steely determination of you know, no. I know we, we like we like to shout loud and proud, but I always think of Bob Paisley. Uh, when we saw values at Liverpool, I always think of Paisley and the quiet determination that's often mistook for softness. And I think Andy Robertson's got a bit of that about him. Jordan Henderson, you mean? No, Andy Robertson's oh, Andy the Robertson same thing. Oh, yeah, He's yeah. got that about him. Whereas I'm, I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to show you. And he's shown everyone. So Jordan Henderson for me. Okay, Joel, finish with you. Well, I was going to go with Henderson. But, you, you still go for Henderson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In fact, that's a yeah, sorry. I'm going to go with Henderson <laughs> as well. because Just because I admire him for all the knocks that he's had from con- constant arguments I've had with mates about him, where even though I've, I've, set, I've caveated with I know he's not Gerard or I know he's not like this world-class player, but I just admire him for the fact that he's just grabbed the ball by the horns, he's probably worked his arse off and he's now got rewarded with the European Cup. So yeah, Anderson for me. Thank you, boys. Thank you to all of you. Solid choices. Uh, that's enough uh, Anfield Wrap Monday show. And next week, Neil will be back from his Algarve retreat. Sports Social Podcast Network.